So I gotta suit up, suit up, cause you ain't gonna let up. Here's your host, Kevin Warren. Can you imagine having your parents sell you and into slavery at that? That's what happened to Emmanuel. The life that was in front of him was a bleak one until someone from a Christian group home in Ghana, Africa, passed by a boat in the ocean that had this little boy scooping water out of it and felt the Lord telling him to see if he could bring him in. He did, and the course of that boy's life would change forever. Not an adoption entity, but friends of a family from Grove, Oklahoma, who were seeking to adopt, made a connection with that home in Ghana. Now some 13 years or so later, I'm talking with the all-time leading rusher in Oklahoma Class 5A football history, Emmanuel Crawford. And I started by asking him of any early memories. Um, so one of, the, one of the things that, you know, plays in my head sometimes is, I don't know why, but, like, I just, like, remember laying on, like, the floor in, like, a mud hut, kind of just, like, in the dirt, and it was raining outside, um, and we were getting up to head out to go do the labor that we were doing that day on the lake, and then another one was the day of my um, rescuing, when I got rescued from childhood slavery, um, just being on that boat and seeing um, another boat coming towards us, and that moment when... It was kind of like you knew something good was going to happen, but you didn't know what it was. Um, and I remember getting a sucker from the guy that rescued me from childhood slavery that day. And um, just that feeling of, like, knowing that you're about to experience uh, freedom and, you know, go to a better life. Do you remember, Emmanuel, home life before you were sold into slavery, or were you just too young? So at that point, I was too young so my you know my memories um from then aren't really like, i don't remember any of that part um mm-hmm. and i think like, that's also kind of just grace from the lord um with all of the memories that you know i could remember and um the things that i can't remember i think you know it's all strategically planned out by god to help me and to you know help me understand like this is the pain that you went through but here you are now. Um, I've led you and, you know, guided you to this point in your life. So It's interesting you say that because I had another one uh, of my interviews kind of say the same thing. Uh, there's, a, there's a young man named Austin Hatch who survived two plane crashes. And the, sec- oh, wow. the second one was, was so bad that he didn't have any memory of it. And so he also you know, is thankful to the Lord for, for that. When you look back at the whole idea, or when you think back to the whole idea of being sold uh, by your parents, what, what does that evoke? You know, it used to be kind of anger and frustration and um, kind of just asking that question, like, why wasn't I good enough? And, you know, as my, as like I've grown and, you know, gone through experiences and things, um, I start to, you know, kind of look back and appreciate that moment. Um, and people, you know, people think I'm crazy when I say that, but what I've started to kind of understand as a Christian is you hit lows and then it really shows you the power of God to bring you out of them. 
it just makes you so much more appreciative of, you know, God and the things that he does for you in your life when you have hit rock bottom and you don't believe that anything can, you know, bring you up from that. So, you know, I look back and you know, I'm thankful for the experience and I would, you know, go through it again if it meant that I could come here and use it as power and not as pain, but to use it as power for the kingdom of God and allow God to use it to bring glory to him and to show people like it doesn't matter what you're struggling with. If I can bring a slave child from Africa and bring him here and he can flourish and grow and reach thousands of people, then I can do anything with you in your life, no matter what you're struggling with. Do you know, Emmanuel, uh, anything about your family back in Ghana? And is there any, um, any, any desire to make any contact? Um, so this year, actually, after my... CBN interview, I had someone um, reach out to me on Facebook that was claiming to be my sister from Ghana. And so I got in contact with the guy that rescued me from Ghana and, you know, just asked him, like, hey, like, is this legit? Um, or should I, you know, kind of just ignore it? Um, and he told me, no, this is legit. Like, this is your older sister from Ghana. So I started talking to her a little bit. Um, and she told me, like, yeah, you have, like, two brothers, two younger brothers, and a younger sister. Um, she sent me pictures of my parents, my grandparents, which are, you know, the first pictures I've ever seen of my birth family. Um, and I kind of just had this, like, internal conflict of, okay, like, do I, you know, put a lot of attention into this with all of this stuff that's happening in my life of me going to Arkansas, me, um, you know, sharing my testimony and reaching people with, you know, the Word of God? Or is this something that, you know, I wait for later on in life to kind of, you know, go after? Um, you know, the conclusion that I came to was, yes, there was excitement in my heart to finally be able to talk to my birth family, but um, I don't think it aligns with what God was wanting me to do at that point. And so, you know, later on in my life, I want to go over there and, you know, experience my culture again, reach out to my family talk to them, meet them in person, you know, just let them know, like, there's no hard feelings towards what you, you know, put me through because it allowed me to become this man that I wouldn't have become without those experiences. And, you know, to me, forgiveness is the beginning of a positive journey and the beginning of growth. Mm -hmm. And to know that I hold no grudges against them would mean more to me than anything. There's plenty of stories, right? Uh, and one one big story in the Bible about someone who came out of slavery uh, to hold a very high position, and it it was a long time before they actually made contact with with his family. And I'm you know speaking of of Joseph, and so yeah. um, there's a lot of parallels there. Well, let's talk about the adoption part of that, and and um, obviously the Crawfords from Grove. They were wanting to adopt, and through their connections with that group in, in Ghana, uh, that's how that connection was made with you. But, but um, the, the group that rescued you, they don't normally adopt kids, right? That's not really their deal. Uh, no, so they uh, adoption isn't, isn't what that group is for. Their thing is to you know, adopt, get, get, get kids out of bad situations and put them into 
um, these homes, these like Christian based um, kind of orphanages, I guess you could call them, but it's better than an orphanage because of the education and stuff that you get while you're there. And the story of it all connecting was a lady named Pam Pope, her son had died. And so she started the organization to kind of, I think God was calling her into starting this organization. And she had this heart and this, you know, um, pull to help kids. And so her and my mom were friends, and my mom had felt like the Lord was calling her to have another child, even though she already had five kids. And, you know, all these meticulous things that God was pulling all these strings together, and it just lined out. Um, and, you know, from the day I got to the orphanage, I had said, I, I'm going to wrestle with the white man one day. And so, you know, I think as a little child, I think God had instilled it in my heart, like, you're not going to be here forever. Um, I have a calling for you somewhere else. And so I met my family, and it was just an immediate connection of, I feel safe with these people, and I know that they're going to take care of me. Um, so my parents went on back and forth trips of, you know, trying to get the adoption agencies to approve everything and having to find my birth parents and get their approval. And it was it was a, a long, hard journey for my parents um, going to the Capitol and going to all these different agencies and trying to get this adoption approved. And it took exactly nine months, which I think is another little thing from the Lord of nine months to, to have a child, nine months to adopt this child. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's just been, it was such an incredible process just getting things all put together with you know the flights and my family getting sick and all this stuff that happened and you know my mom and my dad continued to believe that this is what they were supposed to do and the Lord gave them strength to continue to make the trips and continue to uh, push for what he'd put on their hearts. I know that you've told this story a few times over the years and maybe uh, a lot in just the the recent past, you know, especially given, you know, what you did um, at Grove High School, you know, in the football program, and and then, you know, getting the preferred walk on at uh, at Arkansas. Let's let's talk a little bit about that uh, initial connection between you and the Crawfords. Did that go easy for you? I like to say it was an easy transition, but. You know, obviously there's going to be um, conflict when you're going to this new environment. Um, so I was <laughs> I was a little bit hostile to start off with, um, just because, you know, that's, that's how things were where I was from. You had to kind of just look out for yourself. Um, and so that took a lot of time. Um, but besides that, like, my family was super welcoming. Um, and my whole family's very big on their faith with the Lord so that was you know just another amazing thing that I got to really dive into and begin my journey with God at a young age um, and you know just knowing that there was going to be food on the table every day that was something that I had to learn because I would you know I would eat until I <laughs> I threw up when I was younger um, just because you know I thought maybe this is my last meal for a little bit. 
Um, so just like adjusting to things like that and obviously the different cultures and one of the big things was the time difference. So I would wake up at like one in the morning and go ride my bike when I first got here. Um, <laughs> and so just getting used to that, um, was, you know, one of the, one of the things, but besides that, like, I think one of my favorite things about where I'm from and watching the growth is I'm from Oklahoma. And so a lot of people think there's all these, you know, racial prejudice and all this stuff, um, in my town. And, you know, there was a little bit of that when I first got there. But as I went through the school system and I continued to uh, grow and integrate myself into the community, you know, it was just such an amazing town. And I never once felt out of place or felt like I was being treated different because of my skin color. It's just an amazing place where everyone takes care of everyone. You know, it's one of those communities where it's like, okay, if I get old one day and I want to retire somewhere, I'm going to go back to Grove because it's such a good place to live. As we are conducting this interview, you're actually at the University of Arkansas going through some summer workouts. And so I, I want to kind of turn a little bit to football. When you gravitated towards that sport, and did you play other sports uh, growing up in Grove? My first sport that I played in Grove was soccer um, because we just always we always played soccer at the orphanage um, we had a little soccer field so we always went out there and played soccer and then I went into basketball and then I think it was baseball after that and then swimming <laughs> I wrestled played lacrosse I really tried you know as many sports as I could and I enjoyed all of them um, and then in fifth grade I started playing football the little league coach was our neighbor, so he was like, and I was, <laughs> I was big in fifth grade. I'm not big now. I'm like five five ten now. But in fifth grade, I was like Derrick Henry. Um, <laughs> so he was like, we need you on our team, and he convinced my mom because my mom wasn't going to let me play till seventh grade. And so I started playing in fifth grade and fell in love with it in fifth grade. Obviously, you have to learn a lot in football. You got to learn, you know, technique and stuff like that. And so. My sixth grade year is really when I started taking off as far as Little League goes and then mid school. Um, and then I went into freshman year of high school. And I got I got I got a decent amount of playing time my freshman year. I think I had like nine touchdowns or something like that, nine hundred eighty five yards. Um, and then my sophomore year I had eleven touchdowns and then like a thousand one hundred something yards. My junior year is when I really took it up another notch. I worked my butt off that summer because I tore my labrum or I didn't tear it, but I had surgery on it my sophomore year after football season. So after the rehab and everything, I really got to work and um, it was really like, this is the year that, you know, I make a name for myself in the football world. We got into the season with 42 touchdowns, 2000 something rushing yards. And then my senior year was beyond my best year. Just physically, mentally, I just felt like everything was, you know, going the way it was supposed to. My team was, everyone took care of each other. We played together as a unit, which then led to me having success on the football team, the football field. My linemen worked their butts off all summer. And then I ended up winning Gatorade Player of the Year 
that was kind of the cherry on on top of my high school football career. And those those are some of the best years of my life was high school football, just because of the relationships I built and the people that I met. I would I would do it over again in a heartbeat. Why Arkansas? Uh, it it really just felt like home when I got here um, for my visit. I was just you know walking around, and it was actually weird because I didn't have that feeling until I walked into the academic, like the athletes' academic office building, the Jones Center, and they were talking about how they help athletes graduate and how they care just as much for you in the classroom as they do on the football field. Um, to me, that was just a really appealing thing. And then the head coach, he went to Grove in high school for a little bit. And so when I was in his office talking about, you know, offers and money and stuff like that, um, he was just like, we want you here. We need you here. The only reason we can't give you a full-life scholarship is because we were only supposed to take one running back this year. But we ended up meeting two, and you were the next guy. And so, you know, they set me up with some stuff um, to where I don't pay for anything. Yeah. Um, and... I've been here for a week and a half, and it's one of the most positive environments I've ever been in. The coaches are nice. The players that are already here are super nice people. The staff is super nice. I mean, it's just like it's one of those places where you just have to go and experience um, the culture that is around the football program. It's beyond anything I could have ever imagined it to be. And I'm a big homebody, and I haven't, I haven't missed home once because it's been this is like my new my new home. You just have a really, really good community around them. Well, I know you have a lot of fans around here, too, and I'm one of them. And I'll, uh, we actually carry Arkansas football on one of our stations, uh, 99.9 FM. Unfortunately, it doesn't reach Grove, uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, it can be heard all around the Tulsa area. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you just never know, you know, when your opportunities going to come football especially for running backs uh everybody's kind of on the clock right is there a scripture that you kind of of cling to and and when maybe you start to go thinking about the past and going into a darker place that brings you out of that i would say ephesians 3 14 through 17 it's just a verse that's got me through this last year while i was i actually picked it up it, I think it was in December I was doing, I kind of switched over to Ephesians because I was reading Matthew, I think. And it was just a verse that tugged at my heart. And it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of, our, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That's awesome. It makes my heart happy to hear you really lean on all the positives that have come your way since being sold into slavery and then being rescued from that and then, you know, having this family in Grove adopt you and love love on you and take care of you and seem like you may have already had you know, an inkling of a relationship, you know, with the Lord, but they helped fuel that, you know, once uh, you you got into the house. And I'm just so impressed with the glass being half full mentality that you have. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, it's 
what's gotten me to this point. Um, and one of the big words I like to use when I'm telling my testimony is determination. I get all my determination from the Lord, and that's what continues to push me. And understanding or when you're doing something, to do it for the people that are supporting you. Because as soon as you start doing something for yourself and your heart isn't in it anymore, you lose all of that drive and all of that energy that you um, are wanting to put into it. So if you do things for the Lord and for other people, then it doesn't matter if you're having a bad day. Those people that are praying for you and God that is watching over you is going to give you that energy and that power that you need to reach the finish line. I'm appreciative of hearing you talk about leaning on God for direction and like with connecting with your birth parents and those siblings and how to move forward with that and when to move forward with that. God has told us he he wants to take on all those burdens, right? From a personal standpoint, I'm more than willing to give them to him and, yeah. and just let him guide me through not just the rough waters, you know, but the calm ones too. Sometimes you can fall asleep in those calm waters and the next thing you know, you're off track. And so I would encourage you to to, to keep asking the question and just, you know, make sure that you're putting yourself in, in the right mindset and in the right place for God to continue to use you. Uh, I, I pray for you, Emmanuel. You never know what's going to happen. That position at running back, man, that's a, that's a physical position. But uh, I pray that God will continue to use you, and I pray that you have great success at the University of Arkansas. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, talk on here and just be able to allow God to use me to reach people. My thanks to Emmanuel Crawford for telling his story here on Suit Up. If you want to hear more stories like this one, just go to suitup611.com. So I got to suit up, suit up, because you ain't going to let up.